Let's go. Hello and welcome to another edition of MMA Uncaged, proudly brought to you by Ginger Fox Coffee, guaranteed to make you as clever as a fox. And before we start, once again, a big shout out to all our health workers out there who are putting their bodies on the line during this pandemic. We salute you. Thank you for all your incredible, courageous work during this pandemic. And uh, we are getting towards the end of it. And uh, we keep up the brave fight. And thank you for your time. Joining me on MMA Uncaged, it is my privilege to welcome two champions. One, a former champion of EFC. That's Adam Speechley. He's the prodigy and uh, joins me tonight. Adam, thanks as always for being on. And of course, we're joined by the newly crowned EFC bantamweight champion, Sylvester Chip Fumbu, who was outstanding at EFC 85 to claim the gold and prove that he is the king of the division. After 14 months, EFC was back Africa's premier mixed martial arts organization and promotion put on a show and it was fantastic. Some great fights. Sylvester, thank you for your time. And uh, we do appreciate it as always. Congratulations. How does it feel to um, know that you're, you're the top dog? You're, you're, you're the big boss of, of your weight division after that incredible performance. Uh, thanks, man. Thank you for having me. It's, a, it's an honor. Uh, yeah, it feels great, man. I mean, I feel like I'm on top of the world right now, uh, especially coming off a win against a, a very tough, tough opponent. And uh, uh, I feel like I survived that first round and uh, it just make, makes the, the victory sweet. I mean, uh, I, I feel like it makes me even more legit, if I may say, because uh, yeah, Faiz is not is is not an easy, easy is not a pushover. So I f- I feel great, man. I feel legit. I feel like a like a proper champion. Oh well, oh, it was awesome to watch. And Adam, you know, uh, jump in here. I mean, in terms of his performance against Faiz, you know, Faiz, we know he's a, he's a phenomenal uh, fighter. He's an incredible athlete, great cardio, striking. Um, he's one of those guys that is very difficult to, to put away. And, and at Sylvester, the way he managed the fight, it just looked like the game plan went perfectly well. Adam, what did you think of, of the fight? Yeah, I mean, I think you summed it up pretty succinctly there, Sears. Yes. Um, that must be that all that coffee you've been having. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so listen, credit to, um, you know, credit to Sylvester. It was, you know, yeah, I mean, he, he weathered the, 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 the deep waters came early on. And, you know, yeah, I mean, I think it's something that the whole point of a game plan is not necessarily whether it's, Maybe I want to say works or not, but it's actually just about that it gives you direction. And when, it, when you're going through something like that, it gives you something to work towards. And I think that that was very clear in Sylvester's mentality and mindset when he was going through it. It, was, it reminded me somewhat of uh, Pity Yan when he fought, um, uh, I'm sorry, I've gone blank on the guy's name, but that, that wrestler guy, and he got disqualified with the knee. That's right. That's and it was, right. was very much that. You know, you could just see that Pidion was like, he was biding his time, he's waiting. It's like, okay, I, I know I know, I know, know an opening is going to come. Yeah, when he slows down, I'm going to get it. And I think, it, and like I said, I think in Sylvester's case, like he just, you could see that he was he was connected to that higher vision. He was connected to that um, to that goal and to that plan and to just, and he was just waiting for those cues. And when those cues started to come, he, he implemented the, 
you know, the, the training was there for him when he needed it to be. And as those cues arrived, you know, he, 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 he did what he needed to do. And yeah, it showed, especially in those later rounds. And yeah, you know, he had him, like I said, to do that to someone like Kafaiz Jacobs is, it's, it's no mean feat. And yeah, man, credit to you, man. Uh, Sylvester, really impressive. Well done, bud. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sylvester, I mean, as a, a king of the, the 135 pound division, um, Run us through your game plan. Obviously, don't give all your secrets away because we don't want to share that with uh, the rest of, of the world. But what was your game plan with Faiz? Because you know how tough he is. Um, you faced him now. Um, and there was a lot of it, lot at stake at, uh, at EFC 85 at the return after 14 months. Uh, no, I, I, I don't think this is a secret, man. I, what I've realized with most, most guys in uh, you know sports... I know say in my division is uh, some guys are great great grapplers, some guys are great strikers. It's just it's just the person I was a few years back. I was a, a striker, but uh, I was a bit one-dimensional. So uh, when I moved to Jobek, uh, the the main priority was for me to start mixing things up, and uh, I feel like it has worked well for me. You can see in my past uh, three fights when I fought Fafa, I fought Aziashu, and now 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 with uh, with Faiz. I don't just keep it standing or keep it on the ground. I mix it up and I feel like it just confuses everyone. Like um, once I started taking Faiz down, you know, I, I believe by nullified his striking, he, he was a bit hesitant to to go in the organs blazing. And it, it gave me a, a striking opportunity as well as uh, as to capitalize on my wrestling. Yeah, I mean, the, the clinch in particular and the takedowns, you just showed like, that you'd evolved uh, just to, to another level. And I mean, I've, I've been watching from a distance uh, and just seeing you, it looked like you were just on a whole nother level um, with all due respect on this journey that you've come along, but you just looked like you were just in the zone. You know, the game plan was working and you had that laser focus that this is what I'm going to do on the night. And you did it to a T. Tell us a bit more about your, your buildup and your preparations because COVID hasn't been easy for anyone. I know Faiz was talking about there was a point where they didn't even have food. They were getting food parcels. Um, it hasn't been easy. But Sylvester, what kept you motivated during COVID? What kept you focused? Was it, was it to, to be where you are now today? Uh, yes, uh, I believe. Uh, I just, like when I started training with uh, Demart in September, especially, you know, uh, I, I, I feel like they transferred their, their mental the mindset right into me in, in the ring and, and outside the cage, you know, like, I've, I mean, I've trained with champions. I've won a few rounds against them. And, uh, you know, when you start uh, rubbing shoulders with people like that uh, in, in the gym, I just feel like you have that uh, championship mentality. And that's when I realized that in that, in, in the 135 division, I, there was no one, I think, that could match my skill and there still isn't anyone. And uh, I had that feeling that, I was going to become a champion. It was only a matter of, of when and how, but uh, I felt like I was uh, I was going to become a champion. And uh, I was so fortunate that I've, during during the lockdown, I've had, uh, you know, like family that supported me. And uh, I'd be lying if I say, like, I went through, like, tough, tough economic hardships. I, I, I feel like my life was okay. And um, I was able to train almost every day be it at home and when the, the regulations were a bit eased, I could go for a run. I could, uh, I worked on my conditioning a lot. And then I started working more on my wrestling. And uh, I believe uh, it just showed on the 8th, you know, uh, 
when we were in the last round when I fought for years, Demat uh, said to me, uh, now is the last round. Um, just got through the last five minutes and I was like, what? I thought this was like third round, how in round five already, you know? <laughs> I, I don't think you wouldn't expect that from someone who isn't 14 in 14 months. But um, I, I was feeling good mentally and physically. I mean, like, I was so composed in there. And uh, yeah, I just believe it's just it's, it's just that mindset, you know, of training with guys like Temba and Demat and uh, trusting in, in the work that you put uh, during these 14 months. I believe I worked hard and uh, I deserved it. It was just uh, I had to do it or, or nothing else, you know. Yeah, that hard work has paid off. We can see that. I mean, Adam, you've had the gold strap around your waist. Uh, uh, how does that championship mentality, you know what I mean? Like that, that self-belief, that, that pushing yourself, um, where does that come into the mix, especially when you're training? Because I'm sure there are days when you get on the mat and your body is sore and you're like, I had a hard sparring session last week. You know, you question your, I suppose, your mortality or your immortality or, you know, when you're out there. But, there's that burning desire to keep that gold, to win that gold. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. Look, I mean, obviously one of the, the big themes of my life was that I always got the belt. I never defended it. Um, so, so I guess in that sense, am I equipped to answer that? I'd like to think I am just because I feel like I understand it. But that being said, um, I think the biggest thing about it is that – you know, in my sense, it's about a skill set. Uh, if I bring it down to a very practical answer, I think that if you take guys like George St. Pierre, you could look at guys who are really dominant champions. And the idea is that you have the ability, the moment, to, like you were talking earlier about Sylvester um, diversifying his skill set and what that does and how he is now able to mix it up, and, and those are Sylvester's words, is what that does is it allows all of a sudden, the, the, the rule book's rewritten. The, 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 you've, all of a sudden, you've got a few more pieces on the board you can use. And what that means is that when there's pressure being built up in the stand-up, you have the option to take him down. And once you've taken him down, like he said, now he becomes hesitant because he knows that that's an option. And now all of a sudden, you can catch him with the striking because you can fake, fake in with the shoots. And he knows, you know that's now his mind is on that. And so it does, it just, you know, it's, it's, and I think that's the big thing we see. Oftentimes we watch these championship fights and you think, geez, these Oaks make it look so easy. It doesn't look like they're doing much. You watch the guys who are fighting for the four, five, uh, number four, number five, number six contendership. And those are like brutal fights. Yeah. And you watch the guys at the champions and they're like, they look like they're having a holiday. And, and the reason is, is because, because of that level of skill set that you get, that it affords you all those options that all of a sudden those little things uh, those little battles are already taking place on, on a very small scale. And it takes a very, very educated eye to, to, to discern that and uh, to, to give a very practical uh, uh, application of that to our listeners. If you ever watched Olympic wrestling, oftentimes if you watch a good wrestler against a bad wrestler, it's very entertaining. There's suplexes left, suplexes right. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a masterclass. You watch two good wrestlers go against each other, it honestly doesn't look like much is happening. Because every little movement is a small dynamic. And like I said, to a trained eye, it's beautiful, it's artful. But to, to, to someone who's, who's, who's unfamiliar, you, you, you're wondering what the hell is everyone watching this for? Yeah. And, and like I said, so that only attests to where Chupfungu is. And yeah, I think he, he's going to be there for a while. I just hope that, yeah, 
wherever it leads to, overseas or otherwise. Like, uh, you know, it's exciting places. And with that set of with with that skill set, I'm sure likes of us have talked about that feeling going into the fight. You just know that if you put yourself in any situation, any camp overseas, um, any opponent overseas, you've got the options. And and that that deep down inside, it just you know, and it's the same thing of knowing how to fight. It's like if you know you have that ability, you don't worry about fights anymore. Because, but you don't go looking for them. But you just know that if it comes down to that, you can do something about it. And I think Sylvester's got that now, and that's a beautiful thing. And I'm really excited to see with his go for each other. Yeah, how do you feel about that, Sylvester? Because I mean, there was definitely some air miles for Faiz Jacobs, and and I mean, I, I enjoyed Faiz Jacobs, but you the the takedowns, you you just dominated him at times. You nullified anything that he did. Is that part of this sort of like the journey that you've been on, as Adam says, developing this skill set that you've taken to another level? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like uh, when I when I fought Zulu Boy back in 2017. I think it was more for a wake-up call for me because I was considered a, a dangerous striker, you know. And uh, if 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 you if you know if you notice what happened there is I lost the game on 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 my stand-up, and uh, I, after that I you know I started questioning myself like, do I am I part of the elite or not? And you know I I started looking for what leg, and uh, that's why I moved to, to to Cape Town, you know. I mean to Jobek to train with guys like like Temba and Demar, you know, who mix it up a lot. And I just feel like it gives me that that um, that edge over most of these guys. Because honestly, guys are either strikers, pure strikers, with little or no wrestling or grappling, or pure grappler, pure grapplers with little or no striking. And and I believe if you want to go far in, in the world of martial arts now, it's um you 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 have to be diverse, you have to diversify your skills. Mm. Uh, gone are the days when people used to win um, fights with uh, when they were when they were one dimensional. I mean, you have to you have to get yourself through each and every situation. And also, one thing that that, that makes me a, a different kind of animal is I just feel like the the, the way the guys push each other at UMF. Uh, I haven't seen it in in a lot of, of of gyms or with lots of guys that I've trained with. You know. Guys like Temba, Demat, you know, they give you tough love. You know, we don't sugarcoat stuff. If you're not training, you're not training. Guys will tune you. You, you either train or, or you don't fight. You know, if 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 they feel like you you won't you you don't you don't deserve to fight, they'll tell you that I I honestly feel you lose the fight. So I'm not gonna corner you unless you do the A, B, and C. And I just I, I just feel like it's it's a painful thing for someone to tell you, but when you go home and you think about it. I feel like it's a blessing these guys and uh, I just feel like that that gives me a mental a mental edge when it comes to fighting and it also helps me a lot because um, once your teammates have, have faith in you and you obviously have your faith in yourself in the in the work that you put in um, I believe uh, this guy you 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 are you are your own limitations and nothing can stop you and and this is the stage where I am at right now. I believe in the work that, I, that I've put. I believe in the, in the blocks that I've, uh, that I've built over the past few years. And uh, 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 the other thing is, um, I just feel like relaxed now when I'm in the cage. It's, it's no longer like that far. I know there's a title on the line, but I just train like, like, like I do every day at the gym. Why? Because I've had hundreds of rounds with these champions. So for me, it makes no difference. 
it's just another day for me. The belt is just a cherry on top. You um, said post-fight uh, at UFC 85, you were talking about the talent Zimbabwe has, and, and now there's two Zimbabwean champions, MMA champions. It's a historic, and they're out of the same gym. Are you looking at sort of getting more Zimbabwean talent to, to the UMF sort of setup, or are there guys that are out there that we don't know about that are also massively talented like, like you and Temba? Yeah, so far we have two in our gym. Uh, one is uh, Temba's brother. He, he is in the UFC already. And uh, I believe one of the most talented guys we have is uh, Nicholas. He is amateur now. He's waiting for his pro license. As soon as the pro license open up, he's going to join. And I feel like he's going to make waves. He's a, he's a bantamweight as well. He can fight both bantam and fly. I just feel like that boy is going to make waves. You know, if he... Remember, remember this day. <laughs> remember this night. When he he has it all. He has the skill. He has the charisma. He, he loves the mic. He loves the crowd. I feel like he, he's a born superstar. Man. And, uh, yeah, uh, if, if we can get more guys from Zim or from all over South Africa that want to train MMA, like our, our gym is an open policy. People are, are welcome to come and train as long as they put in the work. You know, yeah. that's what uh, keeps us together. If you train hard every day, you put in the work, then you can train at the gym. So hopefully we'll get more guys uh, exposed to, to MMA because most guys from my country, they're boxers or karatekas or they do any other sports, but we, we still don't have MMA. But I just believe um, as more guys get exposed, uh, I, I, feel, I feel like we're going we're gonna to fit the, the, the EFC with, uh, with champions. I mean, and just to interject, um, so, I mean, if you guys look at that, I mean, there's obviously, I was just thinking there, the parallel, two Zimbabwean champions, UFC, you think two Nigerian champions and three African champions in UFC. Like, and I, I'd imagine how much that I'm saying, if you look at it in like global politics, world history, the, the image for, for Africa, like the, the, the power of that, like how much does that connect you guys? How much does that inspire you? If you're looking at like the world perspective, does it show you guys, okay, we can do this, like, like there, there, there's something behind them. Is there, is there an underlying unity there that maybe is almost like a sleeping giant? And if we start to awaken it, you know, it, 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 can, it can catch fire almost. Uh, yes, I, I just feel like, especially guys, you know, uh, guys from Zim coming from where, where I come from, you know, we always consider these people that, that uh, if I can say, we're not expected to go anywhere or do anything in life especially our backgrounds where we're born with nothing, you know, you don't have a, a ground to stand on. It's like you're starting from a, from a negative, you know, so uh, the other guys are starting on the starting line, way behind the line. So uh, for me, I, I like to look, to take a look, uh, to, to, to take a positive from, from every negative. So that's why when I fight guys, you know, take a look at my last uh, few fights. I fought Aziashu. He was in a four-fight winning streak coming off a knockout of the year that went viral throughout the whole world. Yeah. What happened? I gave him like 10, eight rounds. Faiz now, before the fight, they were saying he's a UFC ready. Uh, also, four-fight winning streak, one of the most entertaining guys in the, in the organization. Um, I feel like we, we always overlooked. And for me, I take it as an advantage because no one really takes the time to, to, to notice uh, or... To, to, to see these warning signs that, 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 that I, I present to the table and until, until it's time they, they have to face me, you know? And, and I feel like it's the same with guys from Africa. 
in the UFC. We've always been overlooked, you know, like there's been Brazilian champions, American champions. No one has been talking about Africa until now. Israel, uh, Kamaru, and uh, and France is now champions now. And now all of a sudden, Africa is a big thing now. UFC is going to come to Africa. And by the time they come to Africa, man, we'll be ready for them. And we, I, I feel like we're gonna cause, we're gonna, we, we're gonna cause, we're gonna cause a problem in that, uh, in that organization. Sylvester, is that, is that the dream? Is, is, I mean, is UFC the dream? There's Bellator, there's one, there's um, all sorts of other promotions out there. But is, is that UFC Bellator? Is that the, the, the rankings? Is it a, you know, tell us a bit more. I mean, is that where you see yourself? I feel like UFC is a dream because if you take a look at all these other organizations, everyone in all these guys in Bellator, look at Michael Chandler. He was a champion in Bellator, but he feels like he needs to become a champion in the UFC. I mean, if you become a UFC, a UFC champion, you have little or nothing to prove in in most organizations. I know I know other organizations are competitive, but um, if you are a champion in the UFC, I feel like you're the best. You're the best uh, athlete in in your in your in the world, in your division, and uh, it's the goal, man. But uh, I don't want to to. I, I, I like taking things one step at a time. Like the EFC now wanted to give me some delay, and uh, I said to them, I'll go talk to my team and do we'll set a date. So I'll, I'll focus on that, and uh, if I can defend my belt uh, twice this year, and um, by the time EFC comes, uh, I'll be ready. You know. Uh, but for now, I'm focusing on my next fight, on my next fight. But if the opportunity presents itself, I'll be ready because we don't get ready at our gym. We stay ready. Now, there's always a guy training for a fight and yeah. we're always there helping him. That's how we stay ready. So, yeah. So it's a, it's a proper brotherhood that you guys have at, at UMF. I mean, so when you go back to uh, DeMart and Temba and, and you say to them, They've offered me Sindile. What what do you guys think? I mean, is it is it a, like a group discussion or, or how does it work? Take us behind the scenes a little bit as to that that sort of decision making and and how you guys come to to a point where you guys are ready for for the fight. So so all I have to do them is uh, all I have to do is tell them, um, guys, I have this guy that the the EFC want me to fight. Like we we don't say no to fights. We just we just get into it. We just get into into a training camp, and uh, my duty is if I ever fight, my duty is to train. They'll look for ways to that, that to they'll look for ways on to on how to beat my opponent on how to get over the fight. They're gonna present those problems to me in in, in training camp, but my, my my duty is just to fix that puzzle. I'm not worried about anything else. Uh, just training. It is my opponent's duty to to deal with uh, problems like like my opponent in that they're gonna present those um, those problems in training for me. All I have to do is train uh, and um, and get in the hexagon and uh, and do the job. Tell me, you mentioned uh, Michael Chandler. Um, he's up against Charles Oliveira. That's um, happening this weekend, uh, May sixteenth. How do you see that uh, lightweight fight going? Because Chandler is very exciting, but so is Oliveira. I mean, uh, Adam also j- jump in here, but but uh, Sylvester, what do you what do you make of that? Because that's a spicy, spicy main card event. No, it is. I I I agree with you. 
I believe uh, Chandler is explosive, he's exciting. But uh, I just feel like Oliveira is one of those guys also that have been overlooked. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he has the most finishes in the UFC, if not if not submissions. I mean, how do you overlook someone like that? How hasn't he fought for the title already, you know? And uh, I just feel like he, he deserves to win, man. He's been, he's been through all these guys in the UFC. And uh, Chandler, he fought um, uh, Hooker. Yeah, uh, I just I just felt like he needed a few more fights before they could uh, they could give him a title shot. But uh, uh, anything can happen. But uh, I'm rooting for for Oliveira. Yeah, Oliveira is the favorite. Uh, Adam, what do you make of that matchup? So yeah, look, I also I mean I think Oliveira really has been overlooked. I remember when he fought Kevin Lee. You know, no one gave him a chance there. You know, even Tony Ferguson. You know, I'm saying I didn't even give him a chance against Tony Ferguson. It's like yeah, the guy's really paid his dues, man. Like, you know, I think it's like uh, um, Dustin Poirier's walkouts on paid the cost to be the boss, right? It's like he's he's done his homework, man. Like, the guy's been there forever. He's a part of the furniture. And he's really, he's bided his time. He's taken his time. You know, my rise will come when it's due. And that's what he's waited for. And, he, you know, he hasn't rushed it. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. I think it's almost there's a beautiful way of the idea of growth. So you look at a guy like Chandler, and yeah, these guys are almost, you get like the flash in the pan, and then you get the slow burns. And the thing about the slow burning kind of guys is that it's consistent. You know, yeah, yeah, I might not get there today. I might lose this fight, but I'll be there tomorrow, and I'll fight the next fight, and I'll win that. And it's just a slow, gradual rise. And then I've heard a very nice analogy for this. It's almost like, you know, if you look at, say, you're baking bread, right? You know, most of the growth of bread is air. And eventually that air, like, you know, like if it gets stepped on, it's gets squashed, you know? And it is if you bake like a proper, let's say in this case, like a, a, a brick, there's no air in it. So it is that it might not rise that much, but the is solid. It's there. And that's kind of what you want. You just want that... Uh, you know, in this case, like I said, what 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 Oliveira's got there, his accomplishments, they're real. Yeah. They yeah. they're solid, and it's built on a solid foundation. Yeah, I mean, right. He's, now, got, I think he's got eight. He's right. Sorry, Adam. He's got yeah. eight wins by knockout. That Sylvester was alluding to, and he's got nineteen submission finishes. This guy has over thirty. Well, he's got thirty-seven pro fights. He's a beast. Yeah. No, he's really he's been there. And like I said, you know, when you're up against that, I, I think that Michael Chandler, you know, it's like, yeah, I think what's happening here, Michael Chandler's riding on momentum. He's going, he's going for a big haymaker. He's going for his haymaker. He's going to make his ride to the title. And I think whereas, like I said, Oliveira, he's been there. He's been there before. He'll wait it. He's there. You know, he's not going to experience anything new under the sun. You know, he's going to go in there. He, he's seen those guys before. He's fought those guys before and he's submitted those guys before. So... Yeah, man. Uh, I'm also, I'm, I'm in the Oliveira camp on this one. And if Exciting. I need to call out submission second round, that's me. Oh, you go. Oh, okay. Okay. Submission <laughs> second round. There you have it. Yeah. Uh, Sylvester, you, you're, you're also obviously going in the Oliveira camp. Uh, what do you think? Also submission? Or do you think that Chandler stands, stands a chance of catching him with a statement knockout? I, I don't think uh, I don't think Oliveira is the kind of guy that that's going to be caught by the knockout, especially after Chandler did that to to Dan Hooker. I feel like uh, he's that guy who's going to be ready for whatever. 
he might get dropped or whatever, but I don't feel like he's going to go out. Um, he's going to be taken out. And I just believe um, uh, his, his submission game is just, it's just too much for, yeah. for Chandler. And let, let's not underestimate uh, Oliveira's uh, um, stand-up game as well. I feel like he's, he's there. Like, you could see when he fought uh, Tony Ferguson, he, he stood his ground. And uh, and uh, it's even worse when, when he goes to the ground. So I just feel like uh, um, it's going to be a submission. However, I just feel like uh, uh, all the pressure is on, 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 on Oliveira, you know? I don't. I don't think Chandler is that much pressure, especially having fought once in the UFC. If he wins, if he loses, then everyone is gonna say, "Yeah, oh, yeah." What, what did he expect? I don't know if the guy is rooting for him, but I just feel like he doesn't have that much pressure as much as uh, as Oliveira has. You know, he's been he's been there in the in the best organization for quite some time, and uh, you know, I feel I feel like it's a must win for him. Let's just quickly, before we wrap up, we've just got a few more minutes left. Um, in, in terms of this weekend, we saw one of the legends of, of the UFC in Donald Cowboy Cerrone um, almost get a, how can I say it? it, was an exit ticket, almost a taxi ride out of the UFC. Now he's been told he's got one fight left. How do, how do you think someone who's a legend of the sport has to come to a point where they've got to decide their future. If you, if you know what I'm trying to say. So Cowboy Cerrone has been there. He's stood in, he's, he's traded, he's banged with a lot of the top guys. Um, but now it looks like the crowd favorite who I love because he drinks beer out of a, a, a cowboy boot, um, apart from his fighting style, apart from what he stands for. It looks like this is the end for Cowboy Cerrone guys. I believe he's uh, an athlete, especially like uh, Cowboys caliber, the wars that he's been through. You just have to know when to when to stop, you know. Obviously, some things you might feel that uh, the organization is letting you down or or whatever, or they have a grudge on you, but I just feel like some things are they're doing it for, for your own good, you know. Mm. I think he's been in, he's been in, he's, he's done it all. He's seen it all. And, uh, you know, if the organization feels like it's the right time for him. It's, and it's not like he's 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 coming off a, a winning streak. I mean, mm. he's lost. Is it two or three of his? Yeah, uh, of his no, last he's, he's been on a slide. Run. You're right. You're yeah. Right. So 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 these 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 numbers don't lie. You know, it yeah. it, it should show you something. So unless uh, unless he pulls a miracle or or, or something happens, I, I believe I believe it's the, it's the right decision. Obviously, as athletes, I just feel like. Uh, we we ignore. What can I say? We we saw we saw we saw attached to fighting that we don't have another life outside of fighting. So the moment you retire or you get injured, you know you get so depressed that you want to get back into it. That's why we. That's why most guys retire and come back. And the other thing is, is also that taking care of your finances. Yeah. I think it's very important. So most guys, they go they go out and uh, you know. A year, a year later, two years later, you know your your bank account starts running dry. You want to come back, mm-hmm. but uh, honestly, you should know you should know when to quit. You should take care of yourself while while you're still you're still at the top. And uh, yeah, for for me, guys like Seroni, uh, uh, if they're being let go, I, I just feel like it's the right decision. You know, yeah. uh, I would have argued if it, if it was someone who's young, who's who's fresh. Who's been um, who's not 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 only on a winning streak, 
maybe just uh, up and down um, with wins on and off. But with Cowboy, I mean, he's old. He's, he's on a losing streak. And he's been, um, he, you know, he's been in bloody battle. So I just feel like it's, it's the right decision. Yeah. yeah, 51 fights, 36 wins, 15 defeats. It's been an incredible career. Anyone who puts 50 fights together in their career is incredible. Uh, Adam, just your, just your thoughts on that. And then uh, we'll, we'll be closing off in, in the next two or so minutes. So just give us your thoughts there. I think that that's, you know, on, our, on, our, on, on the podcast I've had one of being on with you, see, is that themes always come up, you know, it's, and yeah, it, it's one that I think it is very difficult, you know, and it, it sounds like Sylvester's in the right kind of frame, uh, um, frame of space in his mind with it, but it's, yeah, it's uh, very, like I said, the very few fighters know when to call it, and it's a question of, do you retire on your own terms or do you get retired by the UFC? And let's be honest, I mean, we were talking about there, like how many when has UFC ever had a controversial cut where they cut someone like they shouldn't have cut? Uh, I can't say they've got it wrong too many times. Yeah. And yeah, I think it, it's, uh, it's, it's a matter of, yeah, just allowing someone to, to have that space. And I think again, it's a, that the onus sadly there, I think falls on, well, not sadly, it was just the onus falls on the people around a fighter to be able to say to him, listen, it's time. But I think also a lot of these guys, I mean, they wouldn't be fighters if they weren't stubborn and dog-headed. And they're not going to listen. You know, like, uh, they're very hard, you know, and how many, you know, you can imagine that kind of sit-down where it's like, it's almost like an intervention. You know, and you have yeah. guys sit like, hey, hey, Donald, how are you, buddy? <laughs> yeah, how was training this morning? It was good, yeah. Intervention um, sign. You know, <laughs> yeah, about that training, Don, Donnie. Yeah. I mean, you thought of maybe just, you know, Using that as a as a as a way to make money instead now, yeah. Oh, right. okay. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah. It's you know, it's it's almost and we've all got those. We've all been in those situations socially. There's always that elephant in the room when that person walks in the room, and it's yeah. You know that, like I said, that that. Uh, 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 it's easy for me to speak from the outside, almost like any kind of relationship. You know, it's we look back and be like, oh, yeah, it's so obvious from the outside. But I think when you're in it like that, yeah, it's, it's very hard to see. And there's always there's always the next part. Oh, you've just had a bit of bad luck. It will turn around. You've seen it turn around before. And you've had 50 fights. You've seen it turn around before. Yeah. You know, and that's almost it. It's like, it's the thing of like, okay, when is this the end? And they're like, oh, maybe no. It's just a, it's just a stumbling block before I pick it up again. And yeah. It's a gambler. Yeah. It's a gambler, man. And, and listen, the thrill of being a fighter is the highest thrill in the world, man. Like, you know, guys can say what they like. Everyone gets in there for a different reason. But one thing I can tell you is that thrill. And there's very little things in in life that will capture that. And that adjustment to 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 adjust back down to normal life is one that yeah, I can I can understand why people would put that off as long as they could. I mean, Sylvester, it's wise words coming from the former double champ. Um, I agree. Who who is. <laughs> He, I think he has this internal conflict with potentially because he loves the sport so much. And Adam, I, I apologize if I'm speaking out of turn here, but there's a lot of people that would still like to see Adam Speechy compete one day. But Sylvester, let me ask you this in closing. Um, how would you like to retire one day? You, you know what I'm saying? Like fighters talk about a legacy. They talk about, um, you know, obviously the financial side of it, but you know, looking back, uh, let's fast forward to the end of your career. Uh, God willing, it's a very long and successful career, but what would your legacy like to be? How would you like to retire? 
is uh, is one of the first, like I'd say, pioneers from uh, of, of this sport from from my country. I think my main goal is to pave way for for a lot of guys uh, in Zimbabwe and Africa at large, you know, to 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 be to be something in in especially in MMA. But uh, I just want to inspire, you know, kids. Uh, especially where where we come from, and like there's nothing. You know, people are hopeless. They you wake up, you you go to sleep, and that's it. And I just want uh, people to to take a page out of my book and uh, learn that if you put in the work, you, you you have a vision. You wake up every day, you chase your dream, you you get there. You know, regardless of what I'm gonna achieve in my life. I mean, I've been a champion already. Obviously, I want to become. I want to be. I want to stay a champion. But my main goal is to to change other people's lives. That's that's why that's what I want to do this for. Obviously, uh, um, and also I don't want to, I don't want the belt to define the person I am. I don't want people to 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 hesitate approaching me because I'm a champion. Because now I'm a I'm a level above uh, other athletes. I just want to remain the same. So obviously that every other person knew that. Um, that if you need something, if you need advice, if you need help, you can you can always approach me. That's the person I want to be, and uh, that's how I want to to pass uh, knowledge or whatever it is to the to the next generation. Well, Sylvester, we, we, we wish you all the best, and uh, you you're a humble human being um, who's a, a great ambassador uh, uh, and poster boy for the sport of MMA, and it proves that hard work does pay off. And you know, you've unified the belt, uh, the bantamweight title is yours, and we wish you all the best uh, for the upcoming defense, whenever that may be. And uh, we thank you, thank and, you. and keep up the hard work. And, uh, and I definitely want to have you back on the show because I know that uh, we haven't had a chance to get into it, but I definitely want to tell your story. I want to go back to where it all began. I want to, I want to find out more about Sylvester Chibimbu and find out uh, uh, a little bit more. So keep up the great work, Adam Speechley. Just uh, your closing thoughts. I mean, it's it's good to have EFC back. It's good to have MMA and the African continent back. And it does feel like it's right. It, it just feels like it's it's meant to be. Yeah, I think that what 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 this whole break has done. I'm saying, especially you now, Sylvester talks about you know how blessed he's been that you know he 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 was able to have a stable camp with things and. I think that having had that money drop, what oftentimes those hard times do is they, they, they create structures that can withstand those kind of times. And I think if, if, if a gym, if, if, if a gym like, like yours can, can do what it's done, it's, it shows that resilience, you know, then when things like EFC and that come around and UFC and all these things come around, you know, you, you're adding it onto something that's a very solid foundation. To add on to your words, you talk about with you know the vision of retirement, which I think is so important. And even from my side, I make it sound so easy, but remember, I also at least had my degree to fall back on. I've had other identities, and I think you know, in, in your guys' position, it's 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 a much more difficult position because, like you said, it's such a primary part of your identity. And I think the big thing there that you connect to is how that gym culture. What it basically does is everyone has their role. You know, if you go into a gym, you've got the guy who's the veteran who's He's just hanging around, he's guiding and mentoring the youngsters who are coming through, using his experience to help them avoid the, the pitfalls that you had to go through so that they that so that their careers are prolonged and that they can now put their folks in the engine to things that are actually going to help them progress. And it's almost like you can almost look at a gym like a kind of like a play. And you might start your role as the youngster coming in, you know, you've got to prove yourself against the establishment. 
and then eventually become part of the furniture. You're the young rising star. And then eventually, yeah, like then you, you, you maybe move aside. There's a few other guys coming in. You become the mentor. And then, you, you know, you exit stage right when that time comes. But, but that's the beauty of it. You, you create something. You're a part of something that's bigger than you. And you can almost say eternal. Like it carries on after you. That, that's where your mark is left. And, yeah, I think it's going to be a beautiful thing, man. Mate, mate I'm looking forward to seeing you build it in these days, man. Yeah. So, Vesta, thank you so good. much, man. We really appreciate your thank time. You. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And get some rest. Uh, you've deserved a bit of rest now. <laughs> some time off. All right. Well, thank yeah. you very much, That's gentlemen. All right. Thanks. What's that, Adam? Say that again. Looking post fight base I've ever seen, especially for five rounds. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Has he even been in a fight? <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, Jim. All right, Thank guys. You. Appreciate your time. You've been watching MMA Uncaged and uh, like and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Adam Speechley, thank you for your time. Sylvester Chipfumbu, well done on uh, unifying the belt. Uh, he is now king of the bantamweights at the Extreme Fighting Championship. We can't wait to see him in action again. Thank you very much for watching. Stay safe and we'll be back uh, in a little bit with another episode uh, right here at MMA Uncaged. Huh. Huh. Welcome to Forever, man. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Come on. This forever. No surrender. Yeah. You know that this right here forever. Come on. And there will be no surrender. Now allow me to reintroduce myself They call me J-O-N to the easy E-N Know that we undefeated Y'all are beneath them speeds Just trying to air a grievance But his lines are overhead Better check the air for clearance Call the tower, this is our clear to heat